Welcome to the Solar Sales Podcast. This is episode two, and I am your host, one of your hosts, uh, Tyler, and I have with me John. Yes, back again. Absolutely. So uh, if you guys didn't hear us on episode one, um, I'm in the solar industry. I'm the CEO of a solar installation company, and uh, John? I'm an executive account manager for a solar installation company. Cool. And we're bringing this podcast to you because we get asked a lot of questions about uh, a lot of different topics in solar, and we wanted to make a podcast that was more catered to people that were uh, at various different stages in their solar career. So people starting out, people that have had some experience, or even some of the pros. Um, But one area where we could isolate all of this stuff, any recent events, a lot of different topics, and then we can send that out as a resource for people to use. So, John... um, kind of went over what we did uh how are you i'm good how was your uh finishing up the month of uh last month end of quarter one officially right. today right. on april fools yeah <laughs> they were like hey we have uh, record high numbers this month and i was like waiting for the right. punchline right april fools they're like oh no wow actually it's, okay cool. it's real I, I heard they're getting rid of april fool's day um, this year, because this whole last year has been a joke. <laughs> <laughs> They're canceling it. Yeah. Nice. I believe it. Mm-hmm. No, a lot of good things last month, and uh, I think uh, you know the industry is making some some headways. You know, we talked last episode about the rate hike, and you know we didn't get into much of uh, cost going up, but you know that's also on the horizon all the material costs going up because of what's going on out there. Um, but with those challenges, right, like you've got to find a way to make it still work. And, you know, being that we're getting early on on this, these uh, shows, we want to talk about the basics. And I think today's uh, topic that we wanted to go over was what a brand new rep um, has to figure out how to do. Mm. Right. And that's, prospecting or leads generation and, and creating a way to get a customer. Yep. Right. Now you've been in sales and marketing construction business for a long time. I know I have a, a background in finance where I had to acquire customers. Um, not everybody's uh, designed to door knock. Right. So what are some of the different things in prospecting that you've seen in your career that, that are, Stuff that you've done that you know works, and then things that are a little more challenging. Hmm. Well, I'm glad you asked. Um, <laughs> it's something I think about every day, actually, on uh, all the different sources on how things come in. Because I mean, it can be a grind if you're out there every single day. You have one avenue of how you're getting things. There's no, you know, reciprocating, recirculating revenue. You're literally working for every single hour, and when you stop, nothing new comes in. So. That's hard. And I started door knocking. And, you know, in Arizona, that's not a fantastic thing to do in the summer, which is when I started. But um, I think it exposed me to a lot, and it allowed me to see a lot of other ancillary uh, ways to do that, too. The The, the most frequent one that I see is um, cold calling, um, anything on the phone, any, any phone-related sales. Obviously, door knocking, what I was familiar with. Um, and then of course I have networking events and a lot of other stuff. And I know that's a little bit more your wheelhouse where I focused more direct to consumer outbound. Yours is more put out the lines and bring them in. Right. Yeah. 
I mean, I, I got my start in sales actually in uh, a direct sales business, a network marketing model. <clears throat> and so a lot of the efforts were on recruiting to get the prospects. But really what it was was the opposite of cold calling and door knocking, right? So it wasn't necessarily just uh, recruiting, but it was really the idea of talking to friends and family. And I know some solar organizations, when they get started, um, just that conversation you have with the new rep of how you're going to get the leads, right? Some of the reps are hoping you say something that's completely cold, either phone calls or door knocking. Um, others are terrified of that, and they want to go talk to friends and family. And so sometimes I, th I think it's interesting is you'll have organizations where they don't, they don't adjust to the different ways of getting leads, um, and they pigeonhole themselves into just doing it one way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I see that a lot. I, I mean, that was my experience. When I was starting, I, mean, I knocked doors for nine months and just the grind and, and that's what it was. And there was no other way, you know, the company I worked for at the time, I wasn't in solar at the time, but I was uh, selling roofs right? and it was fairly similar, you know, door to door marketing. But, um, that was just all the time on the doors with no other avenues. That was, that was hard. Right. And if that's how you're trained, you don't know any other way. Yeah. Right. I remember that when I first got involved in insurance, the very first thing that my trainer did was not um, have me do anything that was cold marketing, right? It was friends and family, mm. you know, and then getting referrals from friends and family and creating networking events to make friends so that I can turn them into clients, right? So it's just, there's different ways of going about doing it. <clears throat> I don't think, uh, I, I think you can see success in all those ways, right? There's companies that have made tremendous amount of results with just a phone room or just door knocking, right? Um, but I think it's important for the new person listening to the show, uh, you know, you want to do what your trainer's telling you to do, but at the same time, you want to know all, all the other avenues that are out there. Yeah. I like what you mentioned because it, it, like the statement that you said kind of made it feel like you warmed the leads up before they came in the door. Right. Um, and, and that's really cool because it doesn't feel like a cold lead anymore. It doesn't feel like I'm just picking up the phone and dialing a bunch of random numbers. You have a point of reference, right? whether that's a person, it's a place, it, it's something that you've done in, an air, in another area. Maybe they're familiar with you. They've seen you before someplace, um, which is really nice. And, and I've seen people accomplish a lot of that by even just, I know it sounds stupid and simple, but taking a video of yourself with your phone and just filming like an introduction of like, thank you so much for talking with me, address the person by name and send them a personalized video. Now that person's seen you right now. They show up to, you know, this event or whatever, when you're there, you know, they end up trickle on your feed or they see, you know, your Facebook ad or something now. And you talking about something and you're like, man, I've seen that guy before. I swear. I don't know where I saw him, but right. And it starts to register and register and register. And then you call them and you're kind of in, you know, you have this web that they, fell into in this funnel and kind of keep them circulating through the funnel. Well, that's where, where like these lead funnels come from. The whole drip campaign idea is to warm the customer up. It's to turn a stranger into a visitor, into a lead, into a customer, and then eventually have that customer turn into a promoter, right? Where it's generating more leads. Um, the, the, the one thing that I see that's, that's uh, always a challenge is when a, 
a rep does all the work to get a customer and then they don't get any referrals. They don't get any reviews from that customer. Right. And they forget about them. Yeah. That's a lot of effort and money to spend for a one take. Right. Versus, you know, nurturing that customer, you know, being there for them, helping them all the way through the process. You know, I love when I see on like Facebook with the reps and their clients and it's a picture of the two of them together. You know what I mean? Um, because really we're doing a service, right? They're, they're making them, they're helping the customer get into a better situation. You should feel good about the whole process. And, you know, I don't know, sometimes I think maybe the guilt, the customer, the rep feels from a big commission, they just, they want to get out of the situation. Right. Yeah. And, uh, that's definitely not the, the best approach. So they take it and run. I got, I got scolded from that, from, uh, one of my sales managers back in the day. And he said, you know what you're doing, Tyler, you're just going out there papering what you can and getting out almost like you stole from somebody. Right. You're not stealing anything. You're offering them a service that they agreed to, that they wanted. So stop feeling bad about it. Right. But yeah, that's huge. Um, and so that way you don't, you and I don't sit here and talk about fundamentals and the things that we like and, and appreciate in a mm-hmm. topical level. Cause you know, we definitely want to bring value right. to the people that, that are listening to this and the people we're going to share this with. So can we maybe focus on how to do some of these things? Um, I'm a new rep, I'm starting out, or maybe I have a little bit of experience in one avenue. How do I do some of these other ones? Um, we've, we've got some notes here, um, like phone room leads, door knocking, friends and family, networking, um, and then customer advocacy, advocacy companies. So sure. how do so, you use some of these? So what I would first recommend is if you're, if you're getting recruited into an organization where uh, your trainer is going to teach you how to door knock, all right, um, listen to what they say. They, they're telling you that because they have experience with it. They know what works. And you need to be coachable and teachable so that you can uh, duplicate that system. Uh, same thing if you're listening to this and you're in a phone room and you're starting to uh, make appointments. Um, don't go off script, right? Listen to what your trainers are, are teaching you <clears throat> because they work, right? Now, outside of those um, techniques, the other stuff you've got to develop, right? You've got to learn how to um, get referrals. you got to learn how to... Um, talk to your friends and family, right? Uh, one of the early things I did in my career was uh, reach out to friends and family and ask for help. It's a, t- it's a completely different type of technique that I don't see a lot in this industry, but when you reach out for help, people that are in your circle that are a homeowner um, that know maybe you're entering a new career, uh, for the most part, if they like and trust you, <laughs> they're going to they're gonna do you a favor and help you out. And part of that that request is simply um, being able to give them a presentation with your trainer, right? So that's one technique there. Um, you know, there's companies that, that are out there that, that provide leads as well, and so we can kind of talk a little bit about those. I know there's some consumer advocacy companies out there that are really, they're a cross between a leads gen and helping the community understand solar, right? So Yeah, it's like a Wikipedia slash sales funnel right so some of those companies you know solar united we've worked with before to do rfps which is a group sale right to a bunch of customers all at once at a discount Um, you have companies like energy sage which they'll go in and and allow different installers to compete which drives the price down for the customer Mm -hmm. Um, but then ultimately they charge for the lead so it's still leads gen but not but still consumer advocacy so yeah um 
But you can still go to these places and find a lot of information about different stuff too. Like I know Energy Sage specifically focuses a lot on reviewing like all the different equipment that's in the space. And then they post all the reviews, almost like a, like a CNET or something. If you ever like looked up consumer electronics, um, but then you'd be like, Hey, I'm, I'm interested in solar. I'm interested in this specific panel. Cool. Let me hit a thing, but you're not, you wouldn't be the only one getting that lead, right? It would just go out to a bunch of people. Right. So it makes it more competitive and that's why the, the price goes down on those. But you know, when you have customers that are that are doing their due diligence and they're doing a lot of research, those are the websites that they're going to end up gravitating to because they're not from a company. So anytime you see something, if it's if you're reading any blog or whatever, but it's on the website of a solar company, um, it's hard to to know what am I can, to believe all this. Right. Are but you going to trust Yelp more or are you going to trust the restaurant's website? Right. You know, or uh, a restaurant review website. Which is more like what Solar Edge and or, or uh, yeah, sorry, like, Energy Sage and like Yelp, yeah, kind of. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, that's a review page too, but um, yeah, exactly like that. You know, I'm, I was thinking more Yelp, like uh, just a directory, but oh. the fact that there's a lot of reviews on there, definitely. Yeah, I want to see what people have to say. I want to see their experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool. And then the co-op thing can just we can spiral out about that, but that's. That's what a communal effort to company kind of organizes stuff in the sure. community, and then what someone comes and bids on everybody in that community, but you don't necessarily get all of the people that said yes. Yeah, it's just a way to to create some excitement about solar in a community, um, get them a discount, right, and then ultimately that each consumer is still deciding whether they're moving forward or not. So you kind of give a group rate, but if they don't go through you kind of don't get the group you don't get as good a group rate right so sometimes you can do it in tiers like oh and it's 10 customers to move forward here's what we can do if we get 20 if we get 50 you know it's the ultimate discount the challenge you have is that you know if you get close people wanting that same discount and all that kind of good stuff but yeah um the the reality is it's an opportunity to talk to a bunch of customers at once Mm -hmm. right um but yeah, there's so many different creative leads gen companies out there. We just uh, spoke to a, a gentleman whose leads gen operations is just um, events, trade shows, uh, sitting out in front of an ACE, you know, um, uh, community car shows, different things that where there's a lot of people at. He sets up a booth, generates a lead, and works with installation companies to send those leads oh okay you cool. know so i mean we can do that or any rep can do that on their own but there's companies that that's all they do right you know so um, now why would a company like that not want to have their own reps to close the sale if they're generating the lead and i think that's maybe where a lot of skepticism is in the industry for salespeople of like number one uh i don't really want to pay you up front for this because i don't know how credible this lead is uh, and then number two, if, if I am paying you on the back end, why are you giving this to me? I almost have like this weird lingering suspicion. Sure. And, you know, I think what the challenge is, is people don't understand that a closer or somebody that knows how to sell solar is not always the best appointment setter. Right. See. And you'll see people that are, are setters, we call them, right. Or they work in a phone room and they do really, really well. And then they try to move to the sales department and they're just not closing anything. So understanding the roles and what you're good at. I mean, there's people that make a six figure income in solar that don't sell. Yeah. So 
Um, now, if you buy leads, you know, from a company like that that's doing it, obviously that that's where it gets kind of dicey because there's so many of them and knowing whether they're credible or not. Um, I think the industry eventually will go more towards a pay-per-close type model, so you're not having to, to risk those upfront investments. But then you got a, a bunch of people out there, I'm sure, you'll see that are spending ten, fifteen thousand dollars a month in marketing, and it's working, mm-hmm. right? So, um, if this was easy, everybody would be doing it. Everybody making a boatload of money, right? There's some um, some navigating into the solar business, right? So, um, leads gen is definitely a part of that. I'm glad you brought that up a little bit about website stuff because we, uh, at least like what I see is we have like a lot of uh, people in our dealer network that have their own website. Let's just say that they're uh, they're a sales rep or or they maybe they have a couple guys underneath them and mm-hmm. it's just an individual company. But you know they got a good name, you know, right. usually with the word solar in it or equivalent, um, and they'll have their own site that they'll kind of steer people to and try to drive some traffic to. Um, and that's the interesting thing where I feel like a lot of people get lost kind of tossing their money into this black box of a bucket of like, hey, do give me SEO services and do this and run these ads and this PPC and I'm going to do Home Depot banners and blah, 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 and all these different things. It becomes so obscure and they're just tossing five ten thousand dollars a month twenty five hundred bucks whatever it is every single month but they can be getting a lot more in other avenues or in a more maybe targeted way than just i hope i show up first for solar right it costs fifty dollars per impression or god knows what i mean an organic lead is always going to be way more valuable if you knock the door and the customers got no other people talking to them the value of that lead and the ability to, to sell it is it's totally different than if you're buying a lead or working with a lead gen company that's selling it to multiple people. Yeah. You know, so just all those things you need to be kind of get an idea of if you're brand new right now in the industry of that. There's lots of different ways to grasp the client, you know? Um, and, and that's, it's a process, right? So um, figure out your niche. I would say, you know, what way you want to go about marketing your business and get really good at it because there's really there's people that are really good at cold calling, really good at door knocking, and there's other people that that never have to do that, you know. So, um, yep, and they thrive off each other. But you know, it's like what I was always told is always be prospecting. You heard that like saying from yeah. what movie is that? Always be closing. Always be closing. Always be prospecting. What's that from? Yeah, um, that's some sales movie. Yeah. Some cheesy sales movie. <laughs> I can't remember the name, um, but always be prospecting. That's always looking for new customers. You know, I, when we have a new hire that starts, I always ask him, I said, okay, let's present, let's just pretend that my closing rate is 10%. And I have 10 people in my CRM and I close one. How many new people do I need to put in my CRM? And I get a lot of different answers, but the correct answer is 10. I have to add 10 more people because my closing rate is 10%, one out of 10. So I think that kind of gives like the visual to that where at least what, what I see with what a lot of reps do specifically in solar is they go out, grind, 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 find one sale, you know, make a bunch of money and then sit on their butt for two weeks until that money's gone and then grind, 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 and then keep, keep this like nasty thing circulating again and again and again. And um, I did that for a period of time. 
Uh, you know, it was just young. That's what right. I did. But after long enough, I was like, man, if I just keep like a steady pace of doing this, I'm doing a little bit here. I'm making some phone calls for an hour every day. I'm going out and hitting, you know, some doors for an hour or two during prime time. Like I'm working my referrals. I'm going back to the other people and I'm bringing them a cake or some cookies or whatever, thinking about them. Uh, I go to some events and I do some stuff on the web. Like if I just speckle a little bit of that in every single day, my days aren't as hectic. I'm not living paycheck to paycheck with huge windfalls and then right. provided by, you know, it's like filet mignon one night and then ramen the next. Right. <laughs> like, and and it kind of stays on this steady up, you know, uphill type of thing where I can actually get some momentum and leverage. And I think that's where you see like a lot of like managers start to form and like companies come into play. Right. It's like some some like man or woman that does that. And, and grinds for a little bit and stays on that steady trajectory. And then they realize they're making some pretty good money, but their life is, they don't have like a personal life at all. Right. So they got to find. And they hire someone. Yeah. <laughs> One of the, the key things that you said that I don't know if everybody caught it was um, understanding your numbers, right? There's a lot of people that don't know how many calls they've got to make um, in order to generate a sale, right? If you're a door knocker, Right, you need to know how many doors you need to knock before you get X amount of appointments before you get to close, right? And once you understand those numbers, then it's then it's just a matter of duplicating it, right? And if you're not getting the results, or you you're not doing the same numbers, right? You know, so and that could fluctuate too. I see a lot of people beat themselves up about their numbers. It's like, don't worry about that. That's just a metric to help you measure, right? But it is a good metric, and if you don't have no idea what it is it's very difficult to stay consistent. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. Well, and there's there's a lot of things diluting it there on what you're talking about. It's like, how many people do I have to call in order to get someone to answer, number one? So maybe that's a 50% fall off. And then from there, how many people have to answer for me to get a yes for an appointment? And then of those appointment sits, how many sign a contract? And... That starts scaling down more and more and more where you're, you know, 50% fall off, don't even answer the phone. Another 30% of those people don't say yes. 20% book uh, and 5%, you know, sign a contract. And it's like, cool. I know that if I honestly work 100, I get five. Right. Which, the, that's fantastic numbers, by the way. It is. <laughs> Normally, like at least from, you know, what we see just out there as honest numbers, it's around the 1% range. You call right. 100, you get one. Right. Sometimes you get super lucky, you call 100, you get two or three. Great. Right. That's fantastic. Um, but, I mean, that's a that's a pretty good example. But tracking those numbers, I think it helps when the person's kind of in the middle of the day. I know it did for me. I'm like, I need to sit here at this dang Starbucks and grind out 200 numbers over right. the next two, three hours. So that way I can have, you know between two to four appointments or two, yep. two, two to four contracts. Right. And, and you, when you know those exact numbers, right, you, you, it's easy to not get upset when you're not hitting your numbers. Yeah. Because you know exactly what, why. Right. Right. Um, and you know, like you said, trends will change, right? All of a sudden you'll, um, you're doing the same amount of calls and you're not closing as much. Then you start to take a look at what am I doing different, mm-hmm. you know, and try to make the little tweaks that you need to make. But, um, the bottom line is if you don't know those numbers, it's hard to move forward. Yeah. Right? 
And uh, just so we don't forget to talk about it, uh, referral. Referral is very heavy. It's kind of like, what'd you, you had a name for that. It was like customer aftercare, but it was uh, like nurture. A, well, promote a promoter for you, right? This is, the, is where you're, get, you're getting, you're turning the client, the customer into a promoter for you, right? An advocate for you. Yeah. Especially if you did a good job with them, um, you get some reviews or whatnot. They can be your best source for your new prospects. Um, but it has to be done from the beginning, you know, all the way through the process. I think it doesn't matter whether you're a door knocker, a, a calling on a lead that was from a phone room, or networking to get the lead. Once it's closed, um, going about asking for those referrals, right? There's training out there. If you just look it up, hey, how do I ask for a referral? Because a lot of people do it wrong. Um, you know, if I asked you, Tyler, is like, hey, who do you know that would benefit from this service, right? When I ask a question like that, everybody in your mind comes up and you can't think of anybody. Yeah. It's like asking me what my favorite book is that I read recently. Right. I don't know. Right. <laughs> but if I ask you a specific question, right, yeah. what's your favorite book that you've read that's on personal development that dealt with leadership? All of a sudden, it's a handful of books and you can tell me exactly. So if I ask you, who do you know from, you know, uh, work that is a homeowner that could use some savings right now. Now I've been able to help that customer take a, a, everybody in their mind and narrow it down to a handful of people at work that, that are going through a financial situation where savings would be important to them. Right. Okay. And then after they give you those two or three people, it's like, well, okay, well, how about at church? Or how about at, you know, how about family members that live in town? Mm-hmm. Right. So it's just being specific when you're asking for those referrals and, you know, when I got trained on it, I would, I would ask for the first name and I'd jot it down. And I wouldn't even ask for the, the last name or the phone number until I had the whole list written down. And then I'd ask them to pull out their phone. And let's go ahead and get these numbers so I can give them a call on your behalf. And if you don't mind, I'd like to use your name. My buddy Jason, the other day, he was, uh, he was talking about a technique that he, that he had observed. And it was this guy, and he's like, okay, yeah, now I just wanted to get those couple referrals that you were talking about that we spoke about earlier, you know, friends, family, people that recently bought a home, people in your church, uh, you know, new, new neighbors. Um, go ahead with the first name. And he just kind of like put his pencil to the paper and stared down at it and just <laughs> stayed there. <laughs> and it's like, what are you going to do? Are you going right. to like not tell that guy right. something? It's like, no, uh, Debbie, maybe? Right, yeah. Maybe. <laughs> okay, yeah, Debbie what? <laughs> Great. Yeah, that's those guys that have that ability to get those referrals right there and not have the customer kind of, you know, thinking too much about it. And then the call, right? Knowing how to take that call, right? If you leave that referral or that customer with a promise, hey, listen, I tell you what, I don't, I can't promise that all these friends and family are going to end up going solar with us, but I I guarantee you one thing, I'm going to give them a call. I promise you that. Mm -hmm. And then the first thing you talk to the customer on when you tell them is, hey, listen, I promised Debbie that I'd give you a call. And so I'm doing what I promised her to do. Yeah. You know, and it just makes it a little a little easier. Yeah, it does. It, it does. So at the end of what you said, it was kind of like, I think we touched on it in the beginning of this segment where you take a cold lead and make it warm. And what are some other techniques that you have with that? Specifically, I think it's a lot more relevant in like, door knocking and cold calling probably more than events we kind of talked about that that's just like impressions where they need to see you and hear you and whatever but how would you advise that in cold calling and door knocking to build the rapport yeah to not feel like it's a cold call kind of have like a point of reference 
Well, it's always best, like I know uh, phone rooms that use, uh, you know, recent installs in the area. So when you're calling, it's not a total cold call. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm calling because you're out there in Mesa in that zip code, and we just helped a homeowner that it in, in, goes solar, right? So there's a purpose for the call, right? Um, I think when you're out and about, because I do this a lot, and you're looking for that common ground, right? So I remember the other day I was at lunch, and I, I saw a guy with a, a car dealership logo on his lapel. So I knew he either worked in the parts department or he sells cars, right? So a simple question could find out what, what he does by asking him that. Now I'm in a conversation. Oh, I used to sell cars back in the day. How do you like it? Right. And wherever I want to go with that conversation afterwards, we have a commonality. We both used to sell cars. Right. If you're door knocking and you can tell they're a huge cowboy fan. Right. Um, the, the football team cowboy fan. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I figured um, you could you use that. Right. And and build that rapport with the customer um, to make them. The bottom line is they got to like and trust you to do business with you. Right. You know what I mean? And if you don't have any commonality and it's, it's just an uncomfortable call or, t- or conversation, very like, very, it's very unlikely anything's going to move forward. Yeah. Yeah. So just saying, Hey, I'm, uh, this guy and I'm offering this service and blah, 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 blah. And we're in this area, probably not going to win a bunch of fans. No, but something a little bit more catered where I'm doing your neighbor's house, Debbie down the street. I figured I'd give you a call because she asked me to contact you and reach out to a couple neighbors in the community that could benefit off something like this. I noticed that you had the same style of home as her, and I already gave her a proposal, and she's saving upwards of blah, blah, blah per month or over the next 25 years. Right. You could probably say the same, and I'd love to drop you off a free proposal to see if it's something that you'd be interested in taking a look at. You know, there's no strings attached. There's no nothing. Debbie's just a sweetheart. Right. And and the same exact thing can be said without the point of reference and it'll fall on flat ears. Yeah. Right. You're, you know, half the time is just to get the customer to listen to you. If they were to sit down and actually see a proposal, it'll benefit them. Right. The problem is they think it's something else, right? They have preconceived notions in their head. This is going to cost me something down. Yeah. I don't qualify. It's a scam, whatever their, their issues are and they don't listen. So you need to get them to listen. Well, people don't listen to people they don't like and trust. Yeah, and and people that they don't know. And people they don't know. So there's got to be a reason why you're calling, or if you're in the door, there's got to be a reason why you're knocking in the neighborhood so that you can uh, make sure that there's there's a purpose for it, right? And that's what makes the customer feel comfortable. And once they start feeling comfortable, they'll listen. Yeah. You know, so, you know, we talked about this a little while ago, but the friends and family thing, right? Friends and family, when you're asking for that favor – hey, I'm getting some training and I'd love to have my trainer come by and show you some numbers of what I'm going to be doing for a living. I could really use the help. That relationship is what allows you to get in the door and then the information that you share is what closes it. And you don't have to... um, The purpose doesn't have to be go in there and sell them. The purpose could literally be I'm training my new rep. There's so many layers to that. The results are going to be you're going to end up selling yeah, there's so many layers to that, John. You, you mentioned like starting out new. That's a great thing. Bringing in a trainer, like that's a way to bring in your closer and, and have that person come in. And you can always kind of play that dynamic. And then on top of that, that's getting more and more referrals and more lines of communication and reference and business off of one single person. Not to mention the fact that they want to 
they want to see you do well. Right. And they want to see you learn. And so you don't have to be a pro. Right. You Takes just have all to, that out of there. Yeah, you just have to be there and listen and be like, oh, okay, yeah, I got it. Yeah, so let me try. <laughs> yeah, and you can even tell them ahead of time. I like to tell them, say, this is an opportunity for you to ask all the tough questions because if you don't ask the tough questions and make sure you let me know all the you know reasons why this may be a challenge for you, I can't train them. Yeah. But what you're doing as, this, as the trainer is you're now pulling out all the objections that they could think of, and when there's none left, well, it kind of just makes sense to move forward, doesn't it? Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it gets fun when, when, you, when you're in the appointment with those types of purposes. So You can kind of gamify it a little bit, make it you know, an interesting thing, and be like, dang, that was, that was cool. You know, who else do we know? Whether right. they closed or not, now it's like, that was great. It was a really easy entry. Someone was very willing to let me sit down at a table because it's a friend of a friend of a friend of a whatever. Um, and, and it gets me in front of some faces. And if they don't buy... Maybe they know someone else that does sure. or that might need it. My, my favorite thing to do when I'm the trainer part is to tell the customer, now, this information I'm going to share with your, your friend is some training information on why it works like this. So they're asking this question, and, and here's why it works like that. So it's, the customer then gets to see, like, uh, why we're saying what we're saying and the purpose of it, and that it becomes um, easier for them to understand and, and more believable when – they, they don't feel like it's just a line. It's like, right. no, this is why we say this because, you know, when it comes to installing, we're going to need to know this. Right. And this is the portion where I go in and I really talk about the money that they're spending and just giving the utility company. Right. <laughs> Look over the guy. <laughs> exactly. You say know it I mean? in a dark, demonic mm-hmm. way. So this is why I'm saying this. Yeah. So I'm going to go ahead, and if you don't mind, right. I'll say it to you. Right. <laughs> Great. <laughs> and it, it, it does become fun, and at the end... Regardless if the sale is closed or not, everybody feels good about it. Whereas if you just do a regular appointment, so your, your new rep goes and knocks the door, gets in, and for whatever reason they don't buy because they don't like and trust us, then you're trying to explain to the customer, the, the new rep, you know, why this customer didn't move forward, yeah. right? And it's, it's not as uh, – when you're doing it on a training appointment, you still get no's, but they are a lot more, um, you know, we got to think about it. Yeah, they're softer. They're, they're softer. Yeah. They got their friend there. Right. You know, you're so, my buddy. Right. I want to do well, whether I buy from you or not. Let me hear it. It's a real objection is what you get the nose for. Yeah. Right. I'm selling my house in two years. Right. Okay. Well, maybe, maybe it doesn't make sense. Yeah. I told you I wasn't going to do this before we met. Right. Just willing to help. Sure. Cool. Just want to make sure you know the numbers. Right. And you leave that proposal right there on their island for everybody when they get home <laughs> to see it. <laughs> just leave right. copies all around the house. Okay. Can I use your restroom and just pin them up on the wall? Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's great. Cool. Uh, well, I'm sure we can go on for forever about that. But um, any anything that else that you care to uh, speak on uh, about some of these networking things before we wrap up? Um, try everything. So don't pigeonhole yourself. I mean, if your trainer is out, you know, if you're working a, a system where they've got you door knocking, you got to do what you're being trained to do. Um, but it's crazy as you'll see people that are in solar and they've got a sister that lives down the street that owns a home and they haven't talked to them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and, and typically that's when they're brand new and they don't trust what they're selling yet. Once they know it works and they, they believe in the product, they're, they're more open to talk to friends and family, but you'll still have people that are just gun shy. They don't, you know, they don't want ever anything ever to go bad, you know, with, with somebody. And that's really the, when you know, you've got to buy in. When your rep goes and talks to their 
best friend or their family member, their mom, their dad, um, they understand the product. They, they believe in it because now they're talking to their friends and family and you're going to even, even be able to move forward faster. Yeah. Cool. I love it. Um, well, let's move on to our next uh, segment here so we're not blowing out time um, and hop to our sales rep portion. And I okay. think today we've got um, some guests that we both know, right? Yeah. Cody and Ryan. Yeah, let me, uh, let me pull them on. Maybe you can give a little synopsis on who these people are. So these guys are uh, individuals that work in, they're kind of dual threats. They're, they work in a phone room for leech gen, but this particular phone room allows them to close their own sales sometimes. So they've gotten the experience of being able to write up a, a appointment for some other sales rep by getting an appointment booked, which is a totally different set of skills than actually closing over the phone or via Zoom. And they've been able to accomplish both at uh, really high levels, so. Cool. Okay. Let me bring him on real quick. I think he's calling him right here. Hello. Hey, Ryan. Thanks for joining. Let me grab uh, let me grab Cody on the line too one one moment. Okay. How's your week going, Ryan? It's going good. I think I lost him while I was trying to call Cody. Lost Ryan? No, Ryan's still there. No, no, he's on hold. <laughs> I'll get him merge the call. Oh, okay. So he can't hear Good me now. Good afternoon, this is Cody. Hey, Cody, Tyler here, Tyler and John here. We're going to merge you in with Ryan uh, to be on the podcast. One sec. Okay. Hey, Cody and Ryan, you guys there? Yep, I can hear you. I can hear you. Right on. All right. Well, uh, you're on the Solar Sales podcast with John and I. Um, and, uh, certainly appreciate you taking the time to, to be here with us today. Um, we're really excited to have you on the show. So, um, John has hyped you up quite a bit, so you got, <laughs> the bar is set pretty high, but, uh, today we want to ask you guys maybe a couple of questions as this podcast is more oriented towards, you know, some people that might be starting out in solar, some people that have been in solar a little bit and all the way to, you know, the pros. Um, but to hear some stuff from you, uh, we wanted to ask you a few questions. So are you game? Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, thanks for having us. Perfect. Cool. Um, so first off, how did you guys get started? And, and maybe I'll start with Ryan first and we'll go to Cody. How did I get started? Yeah. How'd you get started in solar? Um, well, I think it was about four years ago. I just kind of was looking for a job, honestly, and got started in lead gen. I started to realize, you know, on the phone, what I was capable of setting appointments. And then I just fell in love with the process, you know, from the first phone call to you know, the installation. So, um, yeah, there's wasn't too fancy of a story, but um, kind of along the way, I, I met some people who have been good mentors in the process and, and uh, has allowed me to grow in the solar industry. And, you know, I just started from making simple phone calls and then realizing what I was actually doing instead of setting an appointment. And then I you know, fell in love with it. Nice. And uh, Cody, how about you? How did you get your start in solar? Well, I, uh, I've always had a lot of work to do with the phones in general, phone sales. Uh, I tried to 
do a change of pace. I was doing parking lot striping and uh, stuck on a graveyard shift and quickly realized that that was definitely not uh, something I had much interest in. Um, you know, learning the industry, the other one was, you know, it was cool and fine, but like I said, it was a little strenuous on, on myself and family. So I, uh, started looking through indeed and found a, uh, just an appointment setter job at a solar company, not knowing anything about anything. And just with my background of phone, phone sales and everything else, I quickly learned the industry, the lingo and everything that goes into it. And, climbed to the top of the ladders and I uh, was quickly one of the uh, one of the best setters in the room and just progressively you know just learning more and more as I go and just the, the whole high sale is still here and I love it nice well we're gonna get into your uh, secret sauce here in a little bit um, before we go there um, both you and Cody uh, or you and Ryan uh, setting appointments most of the you know, our listeners, they're, they're in sales or they work in uh, leech gen of some sort. Um, how have you guys transitioned from um, just making the calls to actually learning how to close a little bit? Uh, a close is a close is a close to, as far as I'm concerned. When, you know, when, if people feel comfortable enough to talk to you and open up to you and give you personal details about their, their bill, you know, specifically, um, uh, it's not the hardest of sales. You just gotta, you know, make sure you have their ear and, and you know, it, most of the time and literally most of the time people are paying a lot more money than they necessarily want to for their electricity. And when you present an option, that's uh, a lot more affordable, um, usually a lot of people are, you know, a lot are pretty willing to to at least tear it out and see where the process goes. Okay. So you alluded to, you know, getting the customer to like and trust you um, over the phone, which is, you know, not easy. Um, how do you deal with, I mean, it's different if you're going to be the one that, that goes on to be in the appointment and, and help them move forward with solar versus when you're just setting it, right? So how do you bring value to the person who's going to be going to see them? You bring them well, sweets. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Every, everybody's different. Everybody has their own little style. Me personally, you know, I'm a bit of a jokester. So I, uh, you know, just the stupid, silly one-liners usually get them, get them chuckling or giggling. And I yeah. kind of feel like once I get you laughing, if, it, if you laugh, you think I'm funny. If you think I'm funny, you like me. If you like me, you trust me. If you trust me, then the sky's the limit. Can you give us an example of some of those one-liners? We we really want to hear them. <laughs> uh, it's one that it's one that's commonly used in the office I'm at now. But you know, when one of the customers asks how I'm doing, I uh, like tell them I'm hanging in there like a loose tooth. And <laughs> hanging in there like a loose tooth is that what you said? Yeah, hanging nice. in there like a loose tooth. Yes, sir. <laughs> nice. That's not the only one though. There's more, right? Yeah, there's there's plenty. How you doing? I'll just everything's good except for the bad parts. And I don't know. Sometimes they sometimes they don't. It's just you know it's one of those. Everything's things. great except for the bad stuff. Yeah, he's, he's not the worst of it. So there's I think I heard him on a call today saying, "Well, butter my butt and call me a biscuit." <laughs> oh no! Did you get away with that? 
Yeah, it's fine. We we keep it PG, but we get it's the last. We got to keep it light in the office. You know, I think it's 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 important to do that because it's already uncomfortable being on the phone making a cold call. And if you can get the customer to laugh or chuckle a little bit and brighten up their day, you know, you're they're the chances just go way up. Like you said, they like and trust you at that point. And now mm-hmm. it's just a matter of uh, if you get the control where you're asking the questions, right? How do you guys make sure you're staying in control of the questioning and, and leading them to that appointment being set? Well, my good old uh, uh, Jordan Belfort, you know, <laughs> he says we have three seconds to establish three things. A, sharp as attack. B, we're a force to be reckoned with. And C, we know what we're talking about. We're, we have a higher, a high authority. Mm-hmm. And really the only way to do that and, and those in that quick three seconds is through tonality. It's all about how you, it's not what you say necessarily. It's just how you say it. That's good stuff right there. Ryan, what so about you? I'll jump in for a second. I, I think one of the biggest things that, that I have found is that especially in, in, in where we live at in the West Coast, a lot of these homeowners have been talked to at least once or twice about solar. And, you know, being in the solar industry, there's a lot of sales reps who might be a little, uh, for lack of a better word, pushy. And I think the best thing that I've found in setting an appointment is just asking, what's your goal, right? What do you, what do you want out of this? You know, and establishing like if they say listen you know i've gone through this several times i've done this before over and over and over again i just want my bill to look like this you know it's like okay mr and mrs so and so i'll do my best to make sure your bill looks like that if i can get your bill to look like that do i have your word that we'll move forward right i am just listening to the customer and understanding where they're coming from and 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 knowing that you know I, i know what i'm talking about um and I know what they ultimately want. I think uh, I think that's I found a lot of success in doing that. Awesome. Yeah, I love that. That's great. So, what are the craziest experiences that you guys have had in the industry? <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! Oh man! That's <laughs> uh, probably a heavy one, but you know the one—the one you're hiding back. You're kind of keeping <laughs> on the back burner. Hoping nobody will ask you about that. I'm asking right now. That's the one where it's just like you have this this customer, and they're either just weird or enraged or something. That's the story I'm looking for. Oh, okay. Gosh. So you hear on the phones, you get a lot of um, maybe stranger people. But I remember calling someone um about six months ago or so and she was all for it i mean she was all for it the whole call she's like yeah this sounds great i'm all about the environment this that the other and then she started talking about like she she went off track about what about the squirrels a genuine question by the way after like asking a credit and getting her all approved she's like what about the squirrels and i was like what i'm, I'm sorry what do you mean what about the squirrels she's like yeah well you know the world's coming coming to an end and i, and I really want to make sure the squirrels are going to be okay and i thought it was a joke i mean i had to like i'm trying to be as professional as possible i'm I'm kind of looking around the room thinking is anybody hearing this um (laughs) and and she's she's dead serious and she's like you know do you guys do like the wind solar 
And I'm like, no, we, we, we don't. She's like, well, I think that'd be more beneficial for the squirrels. <laughs> Stop. I, I honestly got wow. Anyways, long story short, uh, I didn't book the appointment, but I'll never forget that. Like, she was nice as can be, but she was just dead set on saving the squirrels. <laughs> Maybe you should gotta, lead with that next time. <laughs> just, just lead with the squirrel thing. Just be like, you know, over here at this, my, my solar company, we really care about the squirrels. Yeah. We really care about the squirrels. <laughs> I'll put a picture of the squirrel on my on my proposal. <laughs> Make your company laying love out on squirrel. one of the panels. Yeah, <laughs> I'll spread out with a nut in his mouth. <laughs> so, Cody, what what was your craziest experience? Ah, uh, my more heavy. Uh, you know, just, you know, same thing, you know, you're trying to set this appointment. They're asking a million questions. You're giving a million and two answers and uh, it ends up being a callback, which, you know, I hate, you know, those usually don't, uh, result very well, but, um, I, I called the number back and, uh, get a hold of the guy. And, uh, apparently, you know, I, I started a huge that resulted in a, in a divorce and he came getting kicked out and <laughs> everything else. So it was just uh, like, golly, like I, I was just trying to save you guys some money on your electricity. <laughs> like, what's oh going gosh. on here? Cody, the homewrecker, just right? causing divorces. <laughs> Here's the best part about that story, though. He gives him a call back three months later and sets him off with solar on, on his new house. <laughs> Stop. Stop. After they yeah, got the divorce. Everything yeah. in due time. Yes. Wow. <laughs> Who would have thought? Yeah. Like, you owe me. I got you out of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That wasn't going anywhere good anyway. Buddy. <laughs> that is pretty crazy. I, I can't say I've heard anything that would cause that level of turmoil in a relationship, but I guess solar really pushed him over the edge. And yeah, to be honest there, with you, that was the edge. Some, it was fragile was to begin with. Right. There, I think. <laughs> Poor guy. I hope he doesn't listen to this podcast. Right. <laughs> <laughs> They're mocking me. <laughs> We're keeping names out of it. Oh, good. Joe Schmo from Kokomo. That's all it is. It's another one of those sayings, huh? Yeah. yeah there you go. Nice. I pictured. I pictured you in like, uh, like drinking out of a coconut, and on a beach somewhere, <laughs> and like Tommy Bahamas playing or something. And, uh, absolutely. And you just decked out in the floral shirts. It's great. <laughs> I'm wearing a floral shirt right now. I should have known. <laughs> On Friday, we wear floral. Wow. Floral Fridays. I had no idea. I, I would be remiss without saying this, because um, I, I know Cody from um, the Leeds Gen Company he works for. I remember the first time I met Cody, he actually was doing something outside of the box for a Leeds Gen person, right? So most people working in a Leeds Gen, they just grind and call all day right and he was reaching out to a customer on a next door app who was looking for solar but he's not a sales rep he was basically just trying hey this guy's looking for solar let me book an appointment with him we didn't even talk about that yeah you know so um yeah that's another place to go networking and prospecting but here a leech gen person was outside the box you know reaching out on an app like that for um his company right and so that's what attracted me to him and ended up you know having a conversation with him about that which is unique, you know? Yeah. Um, Sets you apart. Mm -hmm. That's really cool. So I have a yeah. question for the both of you guys. And this mm -hmm. is 
what everybody loves to hear. So, I mean, try to paraphrase it in a, in a couple short sentences, but don't leave out on the details. What is your secret sauce? Mm. We usually get this sauce. reaction right here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Cody, I don't know. Uh, teriyaki sauce? No, I don't know. I think, uh, <laughs> Sriracha for me. <laughs> My you know, secret sauce has to be has to be just being yourself. I think over the phone. I'd have to I'd have to agree with that, Ryan. Just like I said before, getting them to laugh. That's that's my thing. Everybody has their own style. Some yeah. people are super articulate, and you know, whatever. I I I I focus more on getting them to chuckle. If I get them to chuckle, then I'm, I got a foot in the door. Right. Yeah, and right. you know, it's it's funny when not everybody knows what their their forte is, like what makes it easy, and I think recognizing. Um, what it is in your presentation or in your calls that that create value for for you is the laughter, right? It's the it's the jokes. And so if you're ever in a a rut where you're like, man, these appointments just they're not booking, you can look back at how am I right now? You know, am, am I in a good mood? Am I being funny? Am I am I am I just going through the motions? And so it's if you don't know what your secret sauce is, you can't make the adjustment when it's not working. Well, and to Ryan's thing too that being personable and being oneself I, that's that's really important because how many times do you get a robocaller and they're like oh hey this is it's just drones on it's like if you don't add some of some of yourself to that mm-hmm. you just sound like everybody else yeah i think also when you when you hear ryan talk about how part of his um what works for him is asking those questions about what the customer wants Right, it's important to him, so he wants to he, he transfers that to the customer as well. Yeah, so, right. cool. Well, and and keep, keeping it light too on my aspect. Sorry, I'm going to cut you off there, but um, keeping it light as well as like you know how Cody makes the jokes or whatever. I like to ask you know when they when we get to the questions of like you know taxable income or whatever, kind of asking what they do for a living, going off of that, figuring out what who the customer really is what they enjoy and what they do for work and then pivoting back kind of like how will solar make your everyday life better and um, just figuring out who the customer is and then relating on some sort of personal level. Um, Cody does a really good job of making them laugh. I think my secret sauce more is just, just relating to them, calling them by first name. You know, if they're younger, I'll, I'll say, you know, Hey Ryan, or if they're older, I'll say, you know, Hey, Mr. Johnson or whatever, right? Just kind of feeling out that the customer, Cody talked about as well, tonality. Um, you know, if it's maybe a little bit older of a person, they're speaking really soft, speak really soft back to them. You know, yeah, mirroring. Yep. Well, and also rapport building and right. knowing who you're talking to. Uh, that's, yeah, that's important. I'm glad you brought that up. Huge. Yeah, absolutely. Well, agree. Okay. Before we, you know, Oh, sorry, Cody. No, no. Before we uh, sign off, because uh, we certainly appreciate your guys' time, but we are running a little bit over. But before we sign off, do you have any you know light words of wisdom to give somebody that's just starting out? There's money here. <laughs> a lot of money in the industry, and it's it's low hanging fruit. You just got to be willing to grab for it. 
I would say don't overcomplicate it. You know, when I when I got on the phone, it was just I'm just going to read the script. I don't really know what I'm setting. I don't really know what I'm doing. This is just what I'm supposed to do right now. And then as time went on, I just asked more questions and figured out, you know, I didn't even know what a kilowatt was. Right. <laughs> and, then, and then, you know, now I now I know. And it's just a snowball effect. So I keep it simple in the beginning and then here and there, just kind of ask questions, try to figure out the industry more. And you're going to realize, you know, all the big words and all that stuff really don't mean anything. Um, it's it's a YouTube university, you know, it's you ask your job or ask your boss type of thing. Uh-huh. And you'll, you'll learn it quicker than you think and, and you'll actually enjoy it. Awesome. Yeah, there's a there's a big high that comes from any sales job. But, you know, when you're selling 50, 60, 70, 80 thousand dollar systems, that's there's something real special about that. Yes, there is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Kind of gets the buzz going. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you guys so much for being here. It's uh, pretty badass of you to come on the show and share some things and give some techniques and stuff away. Yep. We really appreciate it. Okay. All right. Thanks have a good day, guys. You too. Right. The right. Dynamic Duel. They work as a team. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So the... I thought it was Dynamic Duo. Yeah, that's what I said. He's a duel. Dynamic duel. Duo. Duo. Oh. Yeah. That's just how I pronounce my owls and owls. Oh, got it. Okay. I just got, <laughs> I got confused. I'm, I'm listening too much and not looking at you. <laughs> yeah. No, so you said they work as a team? Yes. And they, they just do a good job at, um, you know, kind of two different types of personalities, as you can see. Yeah. Um, but they, they, they challenge each other to become you know the best that they can so it's, it's good watching them mm-hmm. yeah that's really cool i uh i wish i had some of those like jokes on deck to serve up like that all the mm-hmm. time where i'm just like man i gotta like write them down and put them on the back of my hand but then i look like an idiot just staring at the back of my hand <laughs> being like uh you can get a good look at a t-bone by sticking <laughs> oh man all right so uh i believe that takes us to our special portion of our podcast yes right sponsorship time yes so people that make this thing possible Mm -hmm. so today's uh sponsor of the episode to bring access to all everybody here listening is telefy telefy instantly get names phone numbers and addresses by simply drawing on a map the algorithm finds the most relevant contact records by searching multiple data sources in real time to deliver your team assets in milliseconds 25 cents a contract, volume pricing, and no monthly commitments. Visit telefy.app for more information. Thanks, Telefy. Awesome. Really cool. All right, so let's dive into our next section, uh, Honest Take. Yes. I think we're going to get one of our people that are in operations on the line. If you want to give him a call, and we'll go into uh, um, some details about what he's, kind of his perspective of this industry. Because it's you know we we talk a lot about sales reps and the leads gen, um, which are all important, right? But these clients getting solar is a process, right? It's not um, just uh, you make the sale, right? There's loan applications, there's permitting, um, and there's always a challenge, you know, uh, in some way or shape or form in getting the glass on the roof. And so the perspective from the operations teams is a little different uh, in this industry. And I think uh, uh, 
the caller, the, the, the listeners on our cast, trying to understand the whole picture, right? Being able to see from the client's perspective to the person's brand new generating a lead to the closers and then really the teams that put it all together. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, do you want me to bring him on the line? Yeah, bring him on the line. I got some questions for him. Cool. You want to, well, I get him on. Do you want to tell people who he is? Yes. So the, the, each solar company have, um, what we call account managers that are kind of a bridge between, Oh, oh yeah, it's already on. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Marshall, you there? Yeah. Okay, cool. John was giving you a nice warm introduction. So, uh, thanks for being on the, on the, uh, on the podcast today with us. Yeah, no worries. Thanks for having me. So, uh, John was just saying a little bit about you, um, about kind of what you do in the space and, and the intricate way of, uh, how you get to see things from an operations perspective versus a sales perspective. Um, John, you could finish what you're saying. Yeah. So the, you know, every company will have account managers that, um, really they, they're the bridge between the sales reps or the dealers we call them and our installer, right? The, the company that's actually putting the, the glass on the roof. Um, and each project, there's a million different things that can, can happen, right? Yeah. From the initial contract not being filled out correctly to loan applications and STIPs. Um, and then once it gets into the permitting side, right, um, we've got that as well. So, Cool. Well, thanks for being on the, uh, the podcast, Marshall. Um, we're going to cover a few things, but uh, th this is John's area of, of expertise a bit more than mine. So, <laughs> um, John, you care to kick us off? Sure. So, I mean, when you, when you're working with your, your new reps, Marshall, um, what are some of the things, cause we, this is really designed this cast for brand new people that are in the industry. Um, it's also beneficial for people that have been around, but, um, when you're onboarding a, a new, um, associate that's whether they're internal or they're a dealer, um, what are some of the challenges that immediately start to come up as, as they get involved with the new installer? Well, that, that kind of depends on, obviously, like you said, experience level. And when, when it's a brand new rep that's, that's never, um, even if they've sold something in direct sales, if they haven't sold solar, uh, you can kind of see some, some, some fear in transitioning to a new, a new type of direct sales, selling something different. Um, which, I mean... That's why I think you're, you're I, I was listening to your guys' podcast before you called me. And I think uh, Cody, Cody and Ryan, they, they kind of hit the nail on the head when it's when, when they said it's, it's really not as complicated, as complicated as you would think solar would be, at least from a, a, a sales perspective. Like, yeah, you need to know a lot of stuff, but as long as you keep it simple at the beginning and even if you don't know how to sell stuff, you're, you're going to have success in this industry um, by just being yourself. You know what I mean? Um, now, when, when it's a more experienced rep, the, the biggest thing is just that I've seen them, them have difficulties with is, is, is processes. Um, what do you mean? What do you mean processes? So when you're, when you're designing a proposal, um, it's different for every company. They use a different software. They need, they need different documents signed. Um, some things you don't have to do on your own. Some things you do have to do on your own. 
Um, reaching out to customers sometimes after the point of sale is sometimes covered by that company and some companies don't do that. So just, just making sure that they have all the information that is needed um, and setting the expectations for them. Because even with in a sale, um, I've done sales before too, as long as you set the expectation with a customer or whoever you're talking to, like there's really no room for there to be, like maybe there is error, but like you're like, oh, okay, you did tell me that early. Right. And there's no like anger or resentment that builds from it. Um, yeah, that's that's all I got on that. <laughs> cool. No, no, thank you. Um, so obviously the processes are different from, from company to company and and you said that the people that if they're starting, whether they have sales experience or not, starting in solar sometimes can be a little scary. Um, can you explain what that means and like maybe some common things that you've seen on where people would get freaked out about solar? Because I'm assuming that, you know, a lot of roles are probably only commission only type of sales jobs. So I'm sure the financial fear is there a bit. But what 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 do you mean specifically by fear? Like, I mean, sometimes when you when you go and you maybe search something on YouTube, right, and, and you see something from uh, a solar panel manufacturer or an inverter or or maybe that's not sales, the way when they're talking about this stuff, it sounds like it's rocket science. Yeah. Like, it, it sounds like it's almost in a different language. Like, when you start talking about kilowatts and kilowatt hours and, and how much money you're going to be saving, but... And some utilities don't save as much money like that. All that stuff can be confusing when you throw batteries into it. Like that's all really confusing. But when you're a new rep, you don't have to worry about it. Like what I kind of in, in every position that I've ever been in at first, I kind of over, overwhelmed my brain <laughs> with all of the new information. Oh, I see. And, and, and that's what makes it scary. But if you just you just set to one task, you do that until you learn enough to do the next thing. Then you learn enough to do the next thing. Then you learn enough to do the next thing. You'll be all right. <laughs> so you're saying to like segment it out. Like, hey, if if you never knocked doors before or done whatever calls or any of that, start with that. Learn your pitch. Get that down. Get some basics. Then worry about your proposal stuff after you get exactly. an appointment. Yeah, I get it. Exactly. Exactly. You know, they say, you you know, you got to kind of spoon feed um, people, right? You can't throw up on them. And in this industry, like, there's so much stuff to know, right, that if you try to take a fire hose and, <laughs> you know, get all this information in their head, it, it's just too scary. Yeah. You know, and yeah. I, I experienced this just recently with a rep that was, um, I could feel like he was getting a little overwhelmed with all everything, but he's super talented. And it was like... Hey man, just trust me. You're gonna grasp all these things. Just give it some time, right? And the the information will will start to make sense. Mm -hmm. um, and I could see like not the light bulb go on, but the oh, the trust. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna continue. It was almost like the the his first day. He was like, I don't know if this is for me. The end of the day, the conversation was about just trust the process. Just keep absorbing it. Be a sponge. Yeah, you kind of like needed your reassurance. Yeah. Next day, book five appointments. Wow. <laughs> yeah makes sense so yeah. you know it and then working with these guys marshall um what are some of the things that that are reoccurring that you see as far as 
um, having to deal with on a regular basis that just takes the longest time for them to grasp? Change. Like a lot of the changes. <laughs> That's like, uh, true. <laughs> when, when, when my job title says account manager, but a lot of it is, is relationships with, with, with dealers that come on board with new reps and change is scary for a lot of people. So, um, when you're, when you're going from, you know, the softwares aren't, aren't really the easiest to transfer, like from one to the other, they're not anything alike. So that's probably the biggest part is, is them getting used to and, 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 and having control over things that they didn't have before, or, you know what I mean? Having a little bit more, um, just to be able to fiddle with things a little bit more on the software. I, I, I think that the software and maybe the CRM are the, the biggest obstacles to, to a new, new dealer that I've onboarded is, I mean, I've had, I've onboarded people and then they haven't done anything in eight months because as soon as they see that, that software, they're just immediately like, Oh no, I can't do this. Mm. But it kind of sets in before what, they even try it. What, what I've learned from it is that like, just me being available to help them at any time has really, has really helped them grasp it. And <clears throat> That's my job. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm sure that you get to see a, a lot of different signs of that too, when it comes to um, a deal coming to fruition where, you know, okay, now documents are signed. Uh, you said, you mentioned the processes before. So now it's like docs are signed. Great. Uh, unfortunately, I got a customer that got hit with steps and they still need to sign loan docs. And now we got to do structural and now there's all this other stuff and, and, you know, maybe, the rep is sitting there saying, Hey, Marshall, when am I going to get paid on this deal? What's been going on? You know, has the side of it happened yet? Where am I at? What's this process? When do I get paid? How much am I getting paid? What's that percentage? Um, and then all the way down to like the installation of the deal on working further, you know, with the, uh, ops and production team on the backside of with like permitting interconnection, boom, boom, boom. You got all a lot of obstacles and I'm sure yeah that changes from company to company. So, you know, what are some of the like largest roadblocks that you see with a deal coming to fruition and getting installed when dealing with reps being maybe unfamiliar with your process? Are you, are you seeing in, in with my company in particular? Yeah. Yeah. Like where, where are some hangups that, that you guys see, um, in a deal getting to installation? And at, at least at, and from the perspective I'm talking about is from the sales reps perspective of kind of like, Hey, what the hell's taking so long? I'm not familiar with this. Yeah. A, a lot of it is in, in, in our process, we, we have the rep do most of the communicating with the customer, which a lot of people that come from other companies aren't that, especially like, reps that are like in their first year and they've only been sales reps haven't moved past that juncture. They're not used to having to like do the, the back end stuff, call the customer when they're, when, when us as an installer can't get a hold of them because maybe they're not answering their phone to somebody they don't know, or maybe they're not replying to emails because they don't check their email that they gave us. Um, that's, that, that's a huge obstacle is, is, 
is them not reaching out to them um, or the, the, the chain of one person having to tell this person and that person having to tell him and then him having to call and then it delays it. But yeah, the, that phone call that you were talking about, about pay always happens immediately after that sale. <laughs> yeah. Right. And usually I'll, I'll, preface, I'll preface that with, look, so this, I know you're new to this company. So, or for, with us and this is what you need to do from this point. Um, but really, it's just that's really the only maybe permitting on like a, a, a flat roof direct system that kind of throws people off because some companies don't send that out to be the load calculated by a, uh, an outside engineer. Um, what else? Those those are the some main ones there. What are some of the things, Marshall, that are, um, you know, you you talk about change and how dealing with people, right? They're just not adapt to change as as well. So if um, it's one thing to have to move them from one company to another and have to learn a new system, but what about when things change within your own organization? Um, how do you communicate that to them and 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 make it where it's uh, help help them make those changes. I think it's it's what you just said. You just communicate it to them. You don't wait until they put in a deal and you're like, oh, by the way, this changed. <laughs> it's too late, then, right? <laughs> as long as you, I mean, with, with most of the the sales organizations and sales reps that that I've dealt with in this and with this company, um, as long as you keep them in the loop. And you're just honest with them. They're, they're pretty straightforward and, and, and take things better than usually I expect them to, for sure. Right. Um, like the, the last thing you want to do is, is raise a red line because of uh, supply chain issues, which a lot of people are doing right now. Um, but with those conversations that, that we've had with our, our dealers, it's, it, it hasn't been as complicated as I would have um, anticipated. And, and that's because at, at my company, there's a lot of communication lines. Um, and it's, it's, it's not just with me, it's with the entire team. And I think that builds a lot of value with, with the, 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 the dealers, the sales workers, and the inside sales reps. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, communication is key. You know, when you're when in this business and from the customer's perspective, if there's a bunch of miscommunication between the rep and the company and they're not getting their answers, I mean, things get slowed down just naturally. Um, your your customer is not going to know whether or not it's a, uh, a AHJ that takes three to four months or six months to install. It's it, yeah. and, then, and not every single rep's going to know all this stuff. So it's just a lot of information that needs to be communicate it to the the reps so that they can help their customers understand what's going on yeah you could probably ship them a hard drive with all this <laughs> you could right? <laughs> and every customer's situation is going to be unique so i think setting the expectations with the customer is good for reps and then uh, you know account managers setting the expectations with the dealers and the sales reps understanding that some projects are going to take longer than others and here's why yeah 
I can tell you this. If I was a sales rep working for a company, which I have been, if someone told me after the fact, oh, by the way, you're getting back charged this because this happened and we raised that price, I'd be like, uh, no. Right. <laughs> you're out of your mind because <laughs> right. I did not build that into that. And I was really counting on this, sure. you know, $2,000 commission right here. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I think communication is really important, but also in, in people's preferred avenue of communication, you're going to get people that, you know, I think Marshall, you said it a bit ago where they don't check an email that you have on record or you can't get a hold of them via call. It's like, you know, mm. we need to know as a, as a company, I, my company needs to know what is the preferred method of communication for that rep and what is the preferred method of communication for that customer and how do I ensure that lines are always going out and they're connected and we're not playing this telephone game. Sure. Exactly. Because that's when everybody gets pissed off and they're like, you know what? Just cancel. Just cancel the deal. And then it gets the rep even more mad because then, hey, I already got some money on this deal. Oh, clawed back. Sorry. Right. And that's not a good taste (laughs) in anybody's mouth and it's just a terrible experience. Yeah. Exactly. That even just hearing you say that word cancel like hurt my heart. <laughs> In this industry, nobody wants to hear that word. Right. <laughs> oh, it just makes your gut sink down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yuck. Uh, John, do you have anything else for Marshall? No, I think that's it. Cool. Uh, Marshall, you got uh, any final wise words of wisdom for some people that might be listening out there? Um, just wanted to thank you guys, really. Um, you see a lot of these uh, podcasts and, and, and obviously you see like the huge CEOs of giant companies and, and the captains of industries, right? But you, you guys didn't just choose to, to interview those, those big wigs, right? You're, you're interviewing phone room reps that, that do some sales. Like I, I think it's very valuable, the entire industry, especially new people to hear the stories of, of like Cody and, and, and Ryan because they, they really bring a lot of value to um, the industry as a whole, because, I mean, you heard it from, from Cody. He said he was painting lines at a, a parking lot before he, he got into solar. Yeah. And I think that um, as new people get turned on to your, your, your podcast here, it's really going to open the eyes of, of people that are in outside sales, direct sales. And, um, people that don't even do anything in sales, you know what I mean? That, 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 that there's a spot here for them, you know what I mean? And, and, and we're going to need it for sure because this is a, a growing industry that's, that's doesn't look like it's going to stop. So yeah. Thank you guys for putting this thing on. <laughs> oh, very welcome. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we appreciate that. That's, that's cool. That's kind of the whole emphasis of this thing. It's not to give people all the stuff they could find on YouTube from all the guys to get a bunch of screen time. Right. <laughs> it's to, you know, give an honest take. And I yeah. think that's, that's the thing that's important. That's why, you know, we wanted to bring you on the, on uh, the podcast and, and those guys before and, and, you know, people in our previous episode, um, because it, it paints the entire picture and not just part of it. And that's awesome. Well, thanks thanks again, Marshall. Continue to go kill it out there. Oh, sorry. I think we got some delay. Thank you, Marshall. <laughs> Appreciate you being Have on the good. podcast. Have a good day. All right. Yeah, that was good. It's good. Some good insight from, you know, the installer standpoint and um, appreciated his kind words on, on what we got going on here. I think it's going to serve a purpose. 
Yeah, yeah. Let's continue to push that envelope and give this raw, unfiltered right. version of what we're trying to bring to the industry and not some curated mm-hmm. company, you know, crafted right. statement. Thing, yeah. It's like, hey, you should use this solar panel because we use this. By the way, it's sponsored by right. this company. It's like, you know, we really try to not have that, like, that look at right. things and be separated more away from the influence to give the honest perspective of all the people here, which is why we kind of ask people to be anonymous right, and not stating who they work for or right. where they worked previously or any of that stuff. Yeah, no, I think it's, it's, uh, it's going to be very valuable. I think for the brand new person trying to just get a, a overall perspective of this industry and, and get going. And I think that, you know, you're going to hear stories on our cast that are going to inspire people. And um, sometimes it's just that one nugget that, that turns the light bulb on for somebody. Yeah. And I was explaining this earlier about how, you know, it's not just information being thrown at you. It's a way where you can digest it. Cause you're just listening to a couple guys, you know, talk about the industry. So, yeah, I, I would listen to this stuff all the time when I was driving around and, mm-hmm. you know, catch a bunch of windshield time and throw something like that on. And I think part of the problem that plagued me too was, I got a lot of people that obviously asked me for a lot of this stuff, which is why we, we did this. Right. But I, I would, I would always have to like go on YouTube or like listen to podcasts and like play them all the way through first to make sure that I approved of the message. Yeah. Before you sent it out. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Before. And then like put it into a playlist with a bunch of other stuff and be like, start here. Right. And it was this hodgepodge of stuff and no specific order where I'm just like, well, it doesn't really give you a good idea right. of where you need to start. It's kind of all over the place. Or but. a disclaimer on there, I'm not affiliated with this company or person <laughs> on there, you know, because you just don't know what else their content is. Yeah, yeah. And then, well, yeah, what goes beyond that? Right. Yeah, they could be, you know, ranting and calling somebody stuff on social media and then right. they post this really cool YouTube thing and I share it with somebody. <laughs> right, and then all of a sudden you find out the guy's crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So. Cool. Um, well, thanks for being here with me, John. Uh, thanks, of course, to all of the people listening. Um, you know, it's, we really appreciate your your support, and that's why we do this thing. And, uh, and we'll keep them coming. You know, every week for as long as we can, and mm-hmm. you know, hopefully, keep getting better and bringing you more and more value and and uh, and some great guests uh, as we go along. So, appreciate your time. Yes. Until next time. All right. Signing off. Thanks, guys. <laughs>